Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. As we begin to look at these few verses, I want you to imagine looking up at a massive mountain. And for example, let's pick the biggest. Mount Everest is 8,848 metres tall. I'm sure you wanted to know that. That's equivalent to putting over 2,000 double-decker buses on top of each other. Or taking one of the Sheffield Super Trams, turning it on its end, and stacking 254 of them up. I'm sure you wanted to know all this wonderful information. It's amazing. It's clever maths. But, (laughs) Rowan likes the maths. If you look at the whole earth, and if you could shrink the earth down and hold it in your hand, the earth is so much bigger than Mount Everest and every other mountain in the world that if you had the earth in your hand as a ball, you wouldn't be able to feel Mount Everest. You wouldn't be able to feel... It would be as smooth... The, the fact that is quoted is it would be as smooth as a snooker ball. And as we look at this passage, that's really what I'm going to say, is that the disciples are in the boat and they suddenly have this revelation. God is so much bigger. Jesus is so much bigger. They face a massive storm, but Jesus is that much bigger. The disciples have their eyes lifted to see Jesus, to see that he is a far bigger God than the storm that they face. And that's, that, I think, is what God wants us to get hold of today. So, let's look at the story. It's the end of the day. Jesus has been teaching the crowd. He's been in the boat for a lot of the day. He's been out with the crowd on the shore. The crowd was so big that he was out in the boat talking to them just to, to have some space to speak. And it gets to the evening, and he says, let's go across the lake. So they get in the boat. Off they go. A few other boats with them. They're travelling along. And this storm hits, this this ferocious, what's the word? Furious squall. Am I right? Yes. A furious squall comes up. they're, They're hit by this massive setback, this massive storm, it's a physical storm, they feel like they're in massive trouble suddenly. And apparently the uh, Sea of Galilee where they were is, is, is quite famous for this, it's very common to see massive storms suddenly hitting, that the geography of the, the lie of the land, it's a very low-lying lake and then there's these big hills around it and something to do with cold air falling and warm air rising means that massive high high winds come sweeping down across the lake and stir up these massive storms. And a lot of these disciples, they were fishermen before. They'd fished on this lake for, for many years. They knew what they could face on this, on this lake. 
and suddenly they're facing a storm and they knew they knew this was bad and they're afraid they're afraid and the first thing we see their reaction is they look up they see the storm raging around them they see they're terrified they think we're going to die we're going to die here and they look down and they see Jesus is asleep they look up they see the storm raging all around them and Jesus is asleep And they're, they're, they're terrified. And perhaps perhaps we can look back with our perfect 2020 hindsight and say, ah, oh, come on guys, Jesus is with you. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus is with you. But actually, can't it be the same with us? We go. We follow him. We follow Jesus. The disciples went with Jesus in the boat. They followed him across the lake. And we can go. We follow him. And then something hits. Maybe not a physical storm, but a big setback. Bad news. Pain hits. And it can be easy. It can be so easy for us to turn and look around and think, God, you're doing nothing. What are you doing? Why is this happening? Do something, Jesus. Don't you care? To highlight this, I've got a really, really trivial example. I'm going to pick up my keys. Because it's so easy for us to do this. A few months, a couple of months ago, I lost my keys. None of these keys I had at the time because I still haven't found them. And we 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 were we had my parents up for the weekend. We were having a lovely time. Me and my dad went out to pick up a takeaway. Car key, still don't have a car key. Had the car keys, drove off, came back, came into the house, had a lovely evening. Next morning, no keys. Where are my keys? And I'm looking round. We look for the keys everywhere. We pray. We're asking, oh God, help us find these keys. But so easily, with this minor keys, I've replaced them. But in that moment, God, how can this be happening? What am I going to do? I've lost my keys. I've got keys for work. I've got keys for home. What am I going to do? How could you let this happen? We can easily turn to, why God? Don't you care? It's what the disciples thought. And And you can turn to me and quite rightly say, Rich, that's trivial. But these guys were facing something much bigger. And the disciples saw Jesus physically sleeping in the boat. And we can feel like he's asleep as we face the storms around us. And we can look back in the Old Testament. It felt like that for the sons of Korah and the Israelites. The sons of Korah worked in the in the temple. They served in the temple. And we can read in Psalm 44 their response got to find Psalm 44 they're, they're following God the Israelites it seems to be they are following God at this point they haven't turned away they haven't turned back and yet they see terrible trouble all around they've got enemies attacking There's things, have, things are going wrong and it seems to them that God is asleep and in this psalm we're not going to read all of it but the first part of it, they're remembering God's, what God's done in the past, what he did for their fathers. Uh, we'll just pick out verse 2. 40, Psalm 44, verse 2. With your hands you drove out the nations and planted our fathers. You crushed the peoples and made our fathers flourish. They know that God has done great things for the nation. But then they look around and see the situation now. We'll jump to verse 9. But now you've rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy and our adversaries have plundered us. 
You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. And it goes on beyond. And in verse 17, we see that they, they feel that we're still following you. All this happened to us, although we'd not forgotten you or been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. So they feel they're following God. They're going after him. And yet, everything seems to be going wrong. And they're confused. They're, they legitimately are asking, why God? Why is this happening? But we come to the last verse of Psalm 44. And we see they're, they're asking why. They're confused. But, verse 26 Rise up and help us. Redeem us because of your unfailing love. In their place, they're confused and they they don't know why things are happening, but they know that God's love doesn't fail. They know, God, you still care. You love us. Your love isn't going to fail. And when we face the storms, we heard uh, in the worship time, Mark uh, brought that tongue and bless and interpreted it. And talking so much about how sometimes his ways are not our ways and we don't understand it all the time. We don't understand what's going on. But we can trust him. We can trust him in everything. We can feel like God is sleeping. They do in that psalm. Awake, O God. It's a couple of verses before. And the disciples can see Jesus physically sleeping. We can feel like God's left us to it. But he hasn't. In the boat, Jesus was physically asleep. But he was still with the disciples. He was there with them. And the Psalms, again, remind us that God doesn't leave us and he doesn't sleep. A couple of Psalms later on, Psalm 46, it's the the same guys, the sons of Korah. They start it like this, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We can face big things and it can look on the surface that God isn't doing anything, that God's kind of left us to it. But we can be reminded that God is with us. He cares for us and he, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't Leave us to it. It was a powerful picture. Like If you were at the All Together last week, I apologise if you weren't, I'll explain the picture. From uh, In the worship time, Phil Adam got up and brought a picture. He, he'd been seeing the footage of the, 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 the aftermath of that killing of that soldier in Woolwich. And, and part of the footage that got put up was one of the, the people involved who was trying to explain the actions and had, had his hand covered in blood up on the camera. And Phil was saying how, just seeing, you think, why God? Why has this happened? How could it be? How could you let this happen? And then, as he was looking, in his mind, the hand faded away, and another hand appeared. And that hand was Jesus' hand. A hand with a hole in it. A hand with blood dripping down. And Jesus saying, this is how much I care. This, This Maybe men have done something, but this is what I have done. And this is what I have done for you. This is what. This is how much I care. 
And we can, we can stand in the benefit of that as we face the storm. In fact, the disciples didn't yet fully understand that. They were with Jesus. They didn't, they didn't know that that's where things were heading, that Jesus was heading to the cross, that that's where he was, he was heading to show them how, how much he cared. But he showed them a glimpse of how much he cares as he rescued them from the storm. And as we read on, we can see uh, that there's more that he shows them in stilling the storm. If we get back to Mark chapter 4 in our story, our passage, we read from verse 39, we see, we see him stilling the storm. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He got up and stilled the storm with a word. And we read in the in verse 41, jump, jumping a verse, the disciples' response to that. They were terrified. They asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. I kind of see this, this moment a bit like, if you've seen the programme, it's the end of the, uh, the Secret Millionaire, where, if you haven't seen the programme, it's... Uh, where a millionaire goes and lives in a, a poorer, poorer neighbourhood, works alongside charities, trying to, to see what's going on in the neighbourhood and trying to help in some way or another, and looking to see, doesn't reveal themselves. They're just one, of, just a person around. And then suddenly, at the end of the program, where where the people they've been working with think they know who this is, suddenly there's this. Here's a cheque for a hundred thousand pounds. Hang on, who are you? Where's this? Where's this come from? I didn't. I didn't know this about you. I didn't, I didn't know there was this much more to you. And for the disciples, it's so much the more. They suddenly see, they've been following Jesus. They've been following this, this great teacher. A guy they've been getting to know. But then they see suddenly, even the wind and waves obey him. Again, we're going to turn to the Psalms. The Psalms speak of the one who is greater than the wind and the seas in, in many places, but we'll turn to Psalm 89 just to look at one example. Psalm 89, verse 8. And verse 9 as well. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. The disciples get a glimpse in the boat. Yeah, that this isn't just a great teacher they're with, that they're following, but this is the mighty Son of God. Jesus is not just some other guy, but he's God. He's the one who has authority over the wind and waves. He's the one who flung stars into space. He's the, the God who has power to rescue them from the storm. And this is who we're following. If we know Jesus, this is who we're following. The mighty Son of God. The disciples get that glimpse that it's God who's with them. With them, And we can read throughout the Bible, God encourages and commands his people, don't fear, for I am with you. So, a couple of examples. I'm not going to turn to them, I'll just read them. Uh, but Joshua 1.9, he speaks to, he speaks to Joshua, God speaks to Joshua after Moses died and Joshua's gonna lead the people into the promised land. Uh, fairly well known words. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
and later uh, another story of the people of, people of Israel uh, in fact just the people of Judah uh, Hezekiah is king of them at the time and they're facing uh, a mighty army of the Assyrians attacking Jerusalem and this is in 2 Chronicles 32 verse 7 Hezekiah says this to the people to encourage them be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him for there's a greater power with us than with him we can have faith in the storm if we're following Jesus because it's God who's with us but we need to lift our eyes to see that it's him when our eyes are fixed on the storm we get we get lost in it the disciples were lost they said oh no what's going on don't you care if we lift our eyes to him we see that he is so much greater so much bigger so the disciples get the glimpse that God cares that Jesus cares and that he is so much bigger than they'd imagined the one thing they haven't they haven't yet seen they, they, they can't see what is yet to come they don't fully understand but for us we can see this story and we can see their rescue in the boat and we can see that it points to a greater rescue that was yet to come that this Jesus who had author- has authority over wind and waves and can rescue his disciples from a storm actually has come to bring a rescue that is so much greater he's come to rescue us from the power of sin and death as I alluded to earlier that picture of Phil, that Phil Adam had that Jesus cared so much to go to the cross and he he's the Lord who has authority over the wind and the waves and now through his death and his resurrection he has authority over death and hell Chris again spoke out in the worship time about the victory that he has won being secure and certain. We stand in the benefit of, and, and in the good of that victory. And we know that Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And so knowing that we're secure in that ultimate rescue, Jesus rescued the disciples from the storm, but we are ultimately rescued from sin and death if we know him. We can, we can agree with Paul in Romans 8. Romans 8, verse, we'll start at verse 34. Christ Jesus who died, this is Romans eight thirty-four. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can have faith and believe Jesus because we know that the victory is secure. We know that ultimately, at the end, we will be with him. We know that ultimately he holds us secure in his hand. In, our, in his hand. That's the Jesus who's in the boat with the disciples. 
And that's Jesus, that, that if we know him, by his spirit, is with us and in us now. Actually, I'd also say, if, if you don't know Jesus today, maybe you're asking that question with the disciples, who is this? Who is this? I don't understand, I don't know fully. I would say that through what Jesus has done, you can know him today. But if we know him, ultimately nothing can separate us from his love. So what is God saying to us? I believe he wants us to lift our eyes to him. We will face storms. They may not be physical storms like the disciples face, but we will face hardship. We'll face just things that go wrong, that we just, ah, why God, how? But we can trust him in it. He wants to lift our eyes to see him, to see that he is so much greater, to see that he is God, that he cares for us, and that he is with us. I start with that picture of Mount Everest compared to the earth. And you kind of, when you're looking at that snooker ball earth, it looks like the storm has disappeared. It's not that Everest has disappeared. And it's not the case. Everest is still, Everest is big. And the storms can be big. And we can, we can be in great pain. There can be, we know ones amongst us who are in real pain, facing massive things, massive storms. And the pain is very real. And there may be different things for different ones of us here today. But actually knowing that he is so much greater, knowing that he loves us and he is with us, can bring comfort and strength in the storm so that we can trust him and not not be turned to fear. The disciples were terrified. Jesus doesn't say, I'll make sure nothing bad ever happens. No, the storms will come. Or, as we could conclude from this passage, ah, if you face a storm, I'll stop it always like that. No, actually, we see another physical storm in Acts 27 that Paul faces. And actually, Paul, Paul has to ride it out. But Jesus sees him through. The boat shipwrecked. They're... The storm doesn't stop, but they're seen safely to the shore, and God sees him through it. No, Jesus doesn't say he'll always stop it just like that. But we do know that that God is with us. As it says in that Romans 8 passage just before the bit we read, Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And he is with us, and nothing can separate us from his love. So God wants us to lift our eyes to see him and to come to him today. We're going to pray in a moment. I just feel you might just want to ask him, ask him to come by his spirit, to lift your eyes, to lift our eyes, to see him more clearly, to know him more. We want to press into him. And actually, Jesus' challenge to his disciples in this passage is it's hard. He He comes very strongly. Where is your faith? Why are you afraid? But we can ask him for the faith to trust him in the storm.